Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. Don't forget to like and share as well. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Living in the past and regrets are the topic of discussion for today. And I do know notoriously everyone struggles with this at some point in their lives. It really kind of depends on what it is that uh, we're going through. And the ha- the past does have this nasty way of reemerging itself at just the wrong times. But we're going to talk about the necessity of not necessarily just burying the past, but kind of coming to terms with it and then moving forward and, and kind of what that looks like. And hopefully we can uh, unpack this and come up with some something of value that comes from all of our regrets and the bad decisions that we've made. Are you the type of personality that constantly reflects on the negative things that you've done in your life? Or maybe you don't just do it constantly. Maybe you think of all the bad things you've done every time good things start to happen. So in other words, you sabotage your current happiness. I'm asking because I am one of those people. Um, I feel like I've gotten better at it now than I used to. But there's a... There is a tendency to want to dredge up things that have existed or have been done historically, even though there's not a lot of whole, a whole lot of current value in it. But for some reason, it's something that we all regularly do. And I think there's a good reason we do it. I think part of it is that we want to motivate ourselves not to repeat past mistakes. And so we feel like this beating ourselves down with guilt and shame of our past is a productive and helpful thing. We think that that's helpful to us. And I think to a point it has utility, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's the right tool for the job. You know, if we, I know this because I, there's a a long series of things that I would hold on to just because I wanted to make sure I was controlling my current behavior And so I would actually dig up these things that I'm doing wrong and I would use guilt and shame to beat my current behavior into submission so that I wouldn't repeat past mistakes over and over again. But I've discovered that there is a better way of dealing with these past mistakes and changing our our current behavior. Because I think one of my fears, like I said, was once I let go of something in the past that I would repeat it. And I think there's truth to that. 
but there's there there's an alternate method you know of changing our current behavior outside of guilt and regret and disappointment and embarrassment and shame you know i i don't think guilt is a very good long-term motiv- motivator i think it'll work for a while um, it may change our short-term behavior so i guess it is something to have in your utility belt <laughs> but there's a um There is a religious idea of forgiveness that is very, very useful in utility. And whether you're religious or not, I I think there's a lot of value in understanding the importance of forgiveness. I, I honestly believe that this is arguably one of the main reasons forgiveness is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. And, and, and why Christ made it one of the cornerstones. And, and I didn't understand this fully when I was first kind of digging into Christianity. But this unconditional forgiveness that comes with it is of immense value in terms of putting the pieces of our life back together so that we can create this brand new start. Because I get it. I get the the desire to want to hold on to things, especially things we feel guilty and have regret for. Because in our heads, if we hold on to these regrets, then the guilt and shame will keep us from moving forward in the wrong direction. But like I said, that only works for so long. So this this forgiveness thing, whether you use it in terms of religion or not, this idea of forgiving yourself and forgiving ourselves for things that have happened in the past. It changes the motivating factor, right? So if, if I'm if I'm acting or if I'm moving forward on a clean slate, then when I decide to change my behavior, I'm changing it based on gratitude and love rather than guilt and shame. And these motivations are far more useful in the long run. You know, there's a there's a sustainability to the idea that accepting ourselves as being human and allowing ourselves to make mistakes allows us to love ourselves better. And then if we love ourselves better, then when we move forward, the decisions we make can be motivated out of that love for ourselves rather than hatred of ourselves. And if at the root of our modified behavior is hate of ourselves and guilt and shame of ourselves, there's a crushing weight that can paralyze us and destroy our self-esteem as we move forward. So this, this no one can go back and change the start thing has kind of implied in it the fact that there's failures that we are regretting because we're looking backwards. We have no control over what's happened in the past. We have zero. You know, we, we do not have the ability to go back in time Thank goodness, who knows what kind of catastrophes we would we would we would cause. But we don't have the ability to go back and change anything that has already happened. And so we do have to come to terms with our past. 
And, and this is something that can take a tremendous amount of time. And, and we all have a past. Because we are inexperienced and we are... What's the word I'm looking for? We are limited in our knowledge and understanding. It amazes me how little grace we give ourselves to learn and grow. We have the, because we know ourselves so well, we have the ability to be incredibly hard on ourselves. And this grace and love needs to be an essential component of our lives because there is no such thing as somebody who does things perfectly. Perfect people do not exist. And so failure and mistakes are part of the equation. They're part of the natural process of growth. And so this guilt and anger thing, guilt is useful in the sense that it does at least make us aware that we did something wrong and that's okay. We do have to admit we make mistakes because if we don't, then we'll just keep making the same mistakes. So this guilt and, and shame thing is useful, but it's meant to be used as a feedback mechanism for altering our future behavior. That's it. It's not meant to be something we bitterly hold on to indefinitely. To me, the natural and healthy process is supposed to be we did something wrong. We feel bad about it. That feeling bad, that conscious part, that our conscience part that comes in and, and pokes at us is making us aware that we did something wrong. So we sit down and we think about it. What do we do wrong? What could I have done differently? So that's the utility in our conscience. And then we're like, okay, this is the mistake I think I made. And so I'm going to move forward. And that's it. That's the end. That's the end of it. That, that was the point. That was why the conscience got involved. So now I got to forgive myself and I have to move forward. It's that uh, it's the thing I talk about pretty regularly on the show that I, I believe I genuinely believe life is this endless cycle of deaths and resurrections. So the, the death in this instance is the the acknowledgement of our failure and of our quote unquote, we could say sin. It's acknowledging that forgiving ourselves for it and asking for forgiveness if we're religious, accepting that forgiveness, which, by the way, is an accept, uh, essential part or component of that. And then putting the putting whatever pieces we have left together and then moving forward. You know, the the Bible verse I'm actually thinking about on this is the has no one condemned you? And she says, No, sir. She's talking he's talking to the lady at the well. And he goes, Well then go forward and then neither do I condemn you. Go forward and sin no more. So there's a there's an element of we it's not that what we did wasn't wrong, but the go forward and sin no more is now move forward, right? So take the next steps and try to be a better person. You know, would that that's something that many of us do struggle with is we is the 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 going forward part. We want to sit in and wade in the self-loathing and the pity party and the guilt trip and the sadness and the poor me and the. I get it. I get it. We don't want to make the same mistakes again. So we would rather sit and wallow in the past because it's easier to wallow in the past and think ourselves terrible people because then we don't ever have to actually 
accept the responsibility of making that mistake again and growing from it. We're going to keep talking about this, but before we do, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. Now you can pop in your earbuds and discover the next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out, because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of this limited time free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up for this limited time offer for my listeners right now. So I get it. We have this tendency of clinging on to and holding on to the past, and there's a lot of motivations we have for doing this. But it's not useful. Because although no one can go back and make a brand new start, we can't go back and start over. Anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. So this is this is something that we can really consume a huge chunk of our lives with, this regret thing. But if, if we accept the reality of life being this uh, death and resurrection process of us, of us dying to ourselves and dying to our pasts and dying to our failures, and then allowing those to strengthen us as we pick ourselves up and move forward again, then we can start from wherever we're at at that moment and make that and head toward that brand new ending, you know, there's, a, there's power in visualization. There's power in, in closing our eyes and, and kind of picturing ourselves where we will be a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. I have to do it every single day, you know, especially with certain things where I really, there's, there's things I just do not want to do. You know, I have to close my eyes and I'm just like, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to do this today. But imagine me in five days, 30 days, a year, if I do it anyway, you know, it's like, and and I really just have to hammer that home. And sometimes I can't, I can't, sometimes I can't get the motivation, you know, I, uh, I just have to do it anyway. Like that's, that's the difference between motivation and discipline. Um, David Goggins does a good job discrep- uh, differentiating between these two. He's that Navy SEAL Ultraman. He's got the book Can't Hurt Me. He he says like motivation is crap. You know, you got to be driven. And 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 we we feel like our our emotions always need to align with what we're trying to do and we're trying to accomplish. But our emotions are so fickle and so fleeting that. If we rely exclusively on our emotions, then we are doomed to inconsistency because our emotions are incredibly inconsistent. And so we do need to 
dig deeper and move past these guilt and shame things and allowing emotions alone to be motivating factors because our emotions are like a drop in the bucket. They were meant... Our emotions are incredibly useful and they are feedback mechanisms, I like to, to say. And in, in the technology world, there's something called feedback. It's true in the emotional world too. But feedback is essentially a method of, of, of giving us input so that we can take that information and, and have it affect our future decision making. And, and our emotions are one piece of feedback. So when we're driven exclusively on emotion, it becomes incredibly dangerous because emotions are volatile. It, just think of, of how you feel after you have too big of a dinner, you know, and, and it seems silly, but or you've had no sleep the night before. And think of the level of exhaustion or or, or when you're sick. With a cold, think of the, the range of emotions you go through that are just negative, terrible emotions when, you, when you're not feeling well. If we made all of our decisions exclusively on emotions, then, then we would be completely put out of commission based upon what we eat sometimes, based upon how much sleep we got, based upon, you know, these, these factors that are really kind of silly. You know, it's like these should not be the only mechanisms that determine our decisions every day. So emotions were meant to be part of our feedback system. But then the secondary, a secondary part of that was supposed to be reality. And experience is a second feedback mechanism. And we need to reconcile the two, you know. Let's say, for example, I wake up in the morning and I have to decide whether I'm going to work today. Well, I'm exhausted. Let's say my kids kept me up till two, three o'clock in the morning. And let's say I'm not feeling well. Maybe I've got allergies that morning and I just, I'm just feeling terrible and I don't want to go into work. I don't feel good. So that's one feedback mechanism. But then there's the reality of my situation where I need to go to work every day. <laughs> you know, it's like there's people who depend on me. There's work that needs to be done. There's a consistency that's necessary in my schedule. I need to be reliable. This is, this is a second feedback mechanism. Reality is meant to be a secondary feedback. You know, and, and if we make emotions the singular point of our feedback system, then, then we are going to be horribly inconsistent in our everyday lives. And so what, what we begin to realize, and this is something that I, I had to really come to terms with when I had kids because this whole lack of sleep thing really caught up to me, and my emotions were never in line with what I needed to do, especially when you're exhausted. You know, this, this becomes just a reality. So what you really, what, what I ended up needing to do was to beat my emotions down. You know, and I still have to do it to this day. Like sometimes my emotions are incredibly overpowered. Even this morning when I woke up to do my podcast, I did not want to do this today. And I had to make a decision. It, are my emotions the only feedback loop I'm going to listen to today? Or am I going to remember that there's an ending I'm looking for? Something I'm, I'm going after. And I had to literally, before I press that record button, 
I had to beat down those emotions that were telling me, no, don't bother. What's the point? Because at the end of the day, I'm just tired. You know, it's like, it's such a silly reason. And in one hour, I'll be fine. So I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, the, these, these emotional limitations, if, if emotions are our only feedback loop, they will make us incredibly inconsistent and they will wreck our discipline. And we do need to temper those emotions. They have value. Our emotions are important, but they also betray us. Because we need to make them align, make our emotional state align with reality and the reality of our situation and the reality of where we want to be tomorrow, the next five days, the next year. And we need to be able to shove those emotions aside from time to time when they attempt to betray us simply because we didn't get enough sleep or we didn't eat the right thing or we're sick. You know, we need to be able to do this. We need to have that skill. And it's the same thing for emotions of regret and guilt and depression that come with our past. We need to be able to tell those that part of ourselves, no, it's in the past. I am forgiven. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to learn what little bit and extract what little bit, what few life lessons I can pull from that. And I'm going to change my ending. I can't change the start. I can't go back. But what I can do is I can reconcile all of that experience and move forward with it and carry it with me. You're not repressing it. We're not shoving it deep down so that we're not dealing with it. We're accepting the reality of it. That's very important. And yeah, I think that is an essential component. I think it is, I think it is the ultimate shift in motivation when we've We've moved away from this motivation by guilt and shame, and we move towards this motivation by acceptance and love. It was it was revel, revelationary for me. I don't even know if that's a word. It was an epiphany for me when I discovered this. And I really ha- would not have discovered it if I was not forced into a position of trying to understand how a God of a universe could forgive everything that we've done unconditionally. I, I really, really wrestled with that concept on a Christian level. I really did. And I'm like, really? Everything? All the time? No matter what? Doesn't that give us a blank slate or a blank check to commit hor- horrific atrocities moving forward? But what I didn't realize was the what would be replaced by that. Because what, also, what it also means is an immense gratitude that comes with being motivated rather than by fear is being motivated by love. And I did not realize that when you step into that, when you step into that accepting that forgiveness portion, that you're you're not going to want to betray it. Because it, you become grateful. It's like, really? Everything? I don't deserve that. So, like, there's a humility aspect to it. And so what ends up happening is is you end up slowly but surely having that negative motivation being replaced by positive motivation. It's really a weird experience. 
It really is a very weird experience. And if you haven't experienced it, it's worth a shot. You know, the, the, the Christian principle is that Christ died for all of our sins, past, present, and future sins. And, you know, if we accept that, we are, we are washed clean and, and clean in a sense that where he can stand before God perfectly. But not because we're perfect, but because we've been made perfect. So that's the core the gospel message, so to speak. And he is one of, by the way, the most misrepresented people in history. So if you, if you have a negative experience with the Christian faith, I highly encourage you to just read it for yourself and don't rely on the authority of others. Certainly don't rely on the examples of others because you will, his misrepresentation isn't just from, it comes from Christians too. I mean, it's, it's just because we are imperfect people, so we will not represent him perfectly. So that's just a reality of that situation. And I do realize this episode got super preachy, and I apologize for that if I made anybody uncomfortable. That wasn't my intention. Sometimes they, <laughs> sometimes that happens. But I can't go back and change the start of this video, but I can change the ending. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I appreciate you joining me today. Before you go, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. That helps the show grow. It feeds the algorithms. Also, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and leave reviews on those networks if you can, because that also helps the show grow. Feel free to visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org, where you can listen to the show, connect with the show, donate to the show, and follow in many different ways. And this show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And until tomorrow... Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Thanks again for joining me today. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because, as always, that's all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.